This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Welcome to Reimagine Law. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Katie Benedicta of D2 Legal Technology. Katie, it's great to have you with us today. Hi, Nigel. Thanks for inviting me. It's great to be here. Well, with Katie this morning, we're going to be looking at an aspect that we look at often on Reimagine Law, helping you as listeners think about what different pathways are there available in the legal sector now? Perhaps how do you explore some of these pathways? And also this point around what skills are really helpful to build as you go along them uh, as well. Um, and Katie, I know we're going to, to speak about how, how you made some decisions along the way, but um, should we start, Katie, by just thinking about, I suppose, asking you to look back a bit. So let's start almost with how we how you got to now, so to, so to speak, and um, that aspect of how did your first uh, career interest really develop and how did you begin to form a focus there? I knew from a young age that I wanted to have a career in law. I wanted a role which involved multiple jurisdictions. I wanted to travel. I wanted challenges. I wanted a huge variety of international work, professional people. Um, this was due to my dad's work and living in multiple countries from a young age as well. So after finishing school in Australia, I knew that I wanted to come back to Europe because it's the hub for finance and law and technology. Um, I chose a program in the Netherlands, which was um, quite an unconventional pathway, <laughs> um, but it was called Global Law at Tilburg University, and it opened the, the doors to law beyond just a single judicial system and combined different legal systems. Um, it wasn't only legal first focused as well, but multidisciplinary um, with technology courses, finance courses. So near the time of graduating, um, there were a number of paths to follow based on that international aspect. Um, there was a large nonprofit or non-governmental organizations, international organizations. Um, I knew that I wanted to be part of a multinational legal team in an international law firm or a bank or a consultancy. And I wanted to become a lawyer in a single jurisdiction with a possibility to transfer qualifications and pass the bar in another jurisdiction. So I came back to the UK. Um, I completed the GDL at the University of Law and Moorgate. And I'd been doing law firm applications. Um, they take such a long time and it's such <laughs> as a lot of the listeners probably know. Um, but I didn't get any luck which was a shame um and then there's the question of do you do the lpc without a training contract um with the cost you know with the risk that you may not get a training yeah. contract after putting so much time in um but i did it i was able to complete that focus on my career and then go directly into a trainee trainee role if it um, arose katie can i just ask one question because that's fascinating even up to now in the sense of you know, when you talk, talked about your degree and you said it was very multidisciplinary in a way, and what's really, what I find really interesting is that we're told increasingly now the legal sector is becoming more interdisciplinary or multidisciplinary, and I know we're going to come on to that with the role that you you have now. Um, I wanted, I just wanted to ask, because yes, you're always interested in law, so as you were progressing through those studies, and as you say, you were doing, whether it was finance or something around technology, was there already a thought in your head do you think of say, of thinking, okay, all of this is relevant to a career in law because I know the way the sector's going? Or was it almost just going through the education and thinking, oh, this is all really in interesting? Did you, did it begin to coalesce into any sort of picture for you at that point? It, it 
didn't specifically make my mind go to, oh, I want to be in law and technology. I yeah, just, yeah. I wanted to be in a commercial law focus. Yeah. They'd have that international side. And I knew that maybe focusing on things like family law and mm-hmm. employment law may have not brought that. Um, yes. So I did, you know, put my focus towards those commercial aspects to then go down that route. Yeah. But I didn't actually, I mean, I, we may come on to this, but I didn't sure. know that I wanted to do technology until yeah. I came to D2. It's, it's really interesting, isn't it? So as you say, so you're, you're studying, you're finding all these interests, but you have, I suppose, the the underpinning thought of, I want to be in an international environment doing doing this commercial commercial area of law and that, and that that leads leads you on. So you, as you say, you got as far as thinking about the LPC and and, and going and going that far. Um, and and where did where did your thinking? Perhaps as you were doing those those uh, uh, graduate programs, where did your how did your thinking develop there? Perhaps even modules you took within those courses. So I, when I was in the GDL, so between the you know between the undergraduate and the GDL. Mm. I got an opportunity to go to Baker McKenzie um, for a month in Brussels, which was really, really great. Um, really good exposure to international, to mm-hmm. so many people. Um, and that was in the mergers and acquisitions and competition law department. Um, so when I was at when I was doing the LPC, I actually took on those two because they go really hand in hand together. Um, and then I did employment law as well because I wanted to see if there was any interest that side. Um, and it was interesting, but I, I knew that I, <laughs> it wasn't necessarily the path that was for me. Yeah. Um, but but actually, Katie, there's one important thought there that, you know, why I'm just picking out as I'm hearing you is, you know, you're, and this is, I'm thinking of our listeners again, is be very open to explore different things and actually pursue things and see actually, oh, might that be of interest? Might that be of interest as well? And that's what I did. I when I was doing the GDL, I went on to do a student internship at a criminal law firm. Ah, okay. just to see, you know, it, you have to dip your toe into little areas. Yeah. yeah, try it out. You have to see if you like it, if you really dislike it. Um, so yeah, so I think that's important as well for people to to take advantage of as much as possible. Yeah. Um, I actually got that internship because the the law firm came into the University of Law to give a talk. Okay. And um, I went up to one of the associates and I just asked, do you do student internships? Yeah. And I think that's a really good way for a week long, just if you enjoy the work. Yeah. Um, and it's nothing permanent. You know, you can you can end that week either absolutely loving it or you can end that <laughs> week knowing, actually, let me try another student internship. So, ah, so Katie, let's just stop there because one interesting point I just want to pick out for people because we're always trying to give our listeners little tips and ideas is actually plucking up courage to go and speak to the speakers, for, for example, when there are events on. And, and that's sometimes how opportunities might arise. Absolutely. And you, you, you need to just have the confidence. And, you know, the worst thing is, is that they can say, oh, we don't have any <laughs> exactly. opportunities. Yeah. Go online to our application portal or something like that. So, you know they might come and they might turn around and say oh like great like we'd love to have people join d2 ourselves we have student interns coming and, yeah, yeah. and you know there's opportunities that they aren't necessarily 
published on their website or things like that. So you just have to either email directly, yeah. um, go to events where there's a lot of partners, associates, people that you may, yeah, yeah, you know, get to talking with and show your interest, and they may show tell you that they have that opportunity for you absolutely so be proactive anyway there you go listeners another example of being proactive and where it leads okay so you had a really interesting time there katie so you were you you were there for a week it allowed you to explore some of those areas um and what happened next what were, you, what were your next thoughts and how did things develop from there so i was coming to the end of my lpc mm-hmm. um in 2021 mm-hmm. and i Obviously, I'd been doing applications. I did a few Watson Glaser tests, and yeah. I, it's safe to say that they are awful. Then, <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, and yeah, and, and also things like those online videos now are quite exactly. cha- can be quite there's, challenging as well. So there's a lot of hurdles to jump through. Um, yeah, and I didn't have the most conventional law education, so when I'm filling in these applications, um, I can't actually fill in the GCSE boxes because Ah, in Australia they don't have GCSEs yes so every time I was doing an application I'd have to reach out to recruiters and just say to the recruitment team sorry and just say like how do I fill this in without (laughs) like not being able to submit it at the end yeah 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 Um, so I thought you know I'll continue doing these but I'm also going to just see what other options there are um paralegal roles Mm -hmm. Um, just any way to get my foot in the door um, because I knew that I was a hard worker and I knew that I could show that I was willing to put my best foot forward, go straight into the deep end, and you can't necessarily show that on your applications. Yeah, yeah. So I was going through job sites and applied to a few um, just in about the April of the LPC when I was graduating in the June. Yes. Um, came across D2. Um, and I think an interesting thing is that when I looked at the job opening, the job role stated derivatives and capital markets experience, yeah. which for me was I didn't have that experience. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you need to think if I apply, can I show that I'm willing to learn those areas? Yeah. So I applied anyway, hoping that I could show that in the interview, show, showing that I'd researched all of these areas so that when I was asked, I could very confidently explain what it was. Um, and that was successful. <laughs> so that was but it just goes, But it just goes to show, doesn't it? Almost throwing yourself towards an opportunity and, and almost the message is, okay, I, today I may not have experience in that area, but I'm absolutely interested in it or open to, to really developing skill, skills and knowledge there. Exactly. So it shouldn't let you, it shouldn't deter you from applying. Hmm. You should still apply. You should still go through interviews if you get to that point and you can show yourself that you are, you have such a good attitude to learn that. And you can show that all throughout the role. Um, so yeah, so I, I was applying, I had three interviews um, and I did my last exam on the Saturday, which was, a weekend exam. <laughs> um, I did that on the Saturday, and then I started D two on the Monday. Oh my gosh! Okay, so, so straight in, no straight in. It was, it was great because there was no time to like worry, like oh, I I don't know this area, like you know, I just went straight into working, and there was it, it was it was great. I was just given like all these opportunities and learning that I would just never have thought mm. about 
like about three weeks prior. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, you know, I think you should still apply because your attitude may be what the hire is exactly looking for. You may not have that prerequisite that they've put. Yeah. Um, apply anyway. Wow, really exciting. So you jumped in straight to the deep end. So it's the Monday, as you say, you've just done your exam on the Saturday. You, you're jumping in there on the Monday. Um, and what exactly were you jumping into? What's, um, especially for listeners, you know, it's not it's not a big law firm they may have they may have heard of. So DT Legal Technology, what did you jump into? And what were some of the types of work and projects that you were looking at? So I was given my first project working with the New York Managing Director for a startup cryptocurrency firm in the US. And we had basically been asked to implement a contract lifecycle management tool hmm. so that all their documents would be in one system. They would be drafted in one area. They would be negotiated with the client directly in the tool. And then it would be approved by any stakeholders of the cryptocurrency firm. And then it was executed all in one system so rather than having emails so many emails with so many attachments and yeah, yeah. that you don't know what was the last red line and what was changed um you want to make sure that the the platform is capturing all of those changes and making it really efficient and easy for lawyers to work yeah so that was straight into the deep end of of vendor selection um which i didn't know about I didn't know what contract lifecycle management was. I (laughs) learned. And by the end of it, I felt really, really confident. And the client really did like what we had done. And that was because we put so much time and effort in to make sure that they could be, they could use this tool that we would train them. Um, So it was great. It was really a big exposure to a completely new technology that I had never How fascinating. Absolutely fascinating, Kay. And so, you know, because, yes, yeah, so because the business you're in, so as you say, as you've just described really beautifully in a little case study of, of what you do, as you say, is moving from perhaps the way lawyers, banks, in-house legal teams, whatever, way they might have lots of separate versions of something. And it's about making the data more structured, making it more user-friendly, making sure we're working from the right versions of things, as, as you say. Um, I mean, Katie, just just one thing we often talk about for the listeners, which I know you and I have spoken about as well, is when you think about skills I'm going to go on to now, because I was just thinking, as you say, you jump straight from an exam on the Saturday into, into a role like that, where a very complex project in you say with new technology things you haven't tried before what the I mean listeners you may have already picked out some for yourself but from your own perspective Katie what were the skills you were immediately needing to develop do you think as as you jumped into as you say jumping into the deep end I think you mentioned before I think firstly um so for students wanting you know finishing their studying and applying Mm. for roles I think in this area, it's having a broader interest than law. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm very much, you know, I've done, I've done a law undergraduate. I've done the GDL. I've done LBC. I'm very law focused. Um, Mm -hmm. But I know that learning and getting experience of other sectors with the wider skills and expertise that are separate to law do complement that legal passion. Um, You want to make things as efficient as possible for for lawyer uh, for lawyers um in any 
um, in a law firm, in a bank, anywhere, because then they can focus on more and more, you know, focused on the world rather yeah. than yeah. instead of having to find a document that nobody knows where it is, yeah. you can actually focus on the actual legal analysis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's what we are trying to do. We are trying to make that data so accessible and simply um able to be captured so that you could pull that what, mm. the, what the actual document says in it um so yeah i think uh, you know i think that as well you can you can learn you can read you can do so much online there are so many virtual yes. experiences yes. that yeah. you can do um information's everywhere it's not as difficult as it seems you can go to a clm tool and you can email them and you can get a demo if you were very interested okay. in the yeah. platform and yeah. um, the community is really active you can shadow a lawyer in this area you can email them you can ask them you can google what's happening in the media everything so having some awareness of that legal tech yeah can be a really like a really positive experience on your CV, yeah. as well as the law. So you're bringing in a lot of the technology to complement that law. Hmm. And, and one thing, I mean, t tell me if I'm wrong here, um, Kelly, I was thinking that another word as you were speaking there that came to mind was almost this this curiosity of, of being interested in lots of different things uh, as well, as you say. And and another thing that came to my mind, but again, feel free to disagree, was it's, a, it's a, like an interest in seeing the bigger picture a bit. So as you say, we're working on documents or contracts and we need these to be effective with all the projects we're, we're doing and we need them to be right from a legal point of view. But there's something here too around how does this all fit together so that we can make everything at the team level, organisational level, as efficient as possible as well. Yeah, you need collaboration between departments. Ah, yeah. You Otherwise, you've got a document that one person or one department knows and the other department have no idea. Yeah, yeah. So collaboration becomes key as well. So, um, and again, for all of you listening, so hopefully this this gives you, I mean, what it paints for me, I, I guess, Katie, is a picture of the future again. Let's say we talk about multidisciplinary teams, you know, Adam Curfee in his book recently about skills and the future of the lawyers talks around how it'll be multidisciplinary teams and 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 it strikes me that as you say it's about the, the collaboration you've highlighted and you just mentioned there is about how do we bring all these different parts of the organization or the the function together and, and help them be as efficient as possible give them the best versions of something make sure there are no mistakes and um th does that also mean katie that i'm just thinking of your interactions say with 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 on those projects like the project you described there does it mean you're asking are you being quite curious in the sense of you asking lots of questions all the time is, is that an important skill as well I think um that's actually my next skill so oh okay <laughs> being a consultant as well as a lawyer because you yes. need to ask questions of what's the pain points and what are the needs that you yeah. require what do we need to help you with what do we need to implement so that your life is more efficient yeah when you're drafting documents when you're looking for documents um and I think d2 is really it really does have that focus and have that approach. So even being here for two years, you know, when you're after a while, you start to understand that you'll be on a client project for a specific reason, but then you also have that extra observation of looking at their processes and how efficient they are yeah. and yeah. what opportunities 
could we bring back to D2 so that we can make sure that they're most efficient and their needs are met? So you need to be curious as to how their organization is developing and what tools that they're implementing, if there are any. Um, and then D2 are developing that relationship and we can help where possible. And you come back to D2 and you you say, look, I, I believe that they don't do this very well. Mm. And I think that would be an opportunity for us. So yeah, definitely asking questions, um, growing, you know, you want to have that business mind yes. and have that, uh, have that um, technology approach as well as the law. Yeah. Yeah, so it's absolutely, that was a lovely phrase, you know, having a business mind. And it goes back to many of the things you said and thinking all the way back to your studies, Katie, I guess, where, as you said, you know, you had all these different modules. So you had running along in your mind, I guess, all these different related topics right from being back at Tilburg, I guess, as well. Yeah, so it never ends. <laughs> <laughs> it never ends. Very good. Well, I'm, I'm conscious of time, Katie, but but looking ahead, I mean, you you know, you described one project, you know, fascinating project. So you're you're as you said you're having you're developing your business mind you're working with clients you're thinking about how how we can help them solve problems at not just a specific level but also some of their bigger pain points and, and problems what's your next horizon in terms of either skills you're developing or, or the next thing you know the next phase for you so since being at d2 i've worked on four projects so three banks a cryptocurrency firm um, and then a number of side projects that d2 offer um, and I think the main achievement and the skill to develop more is to just become more self-sufficient when mm -hmm. doing work, when on client projects um, and making sure that I'm looking at those opportunities and observations of the client and bringing those opportunities back um, so that, you know, there'll be an opportunity to lead and manage a role um, at a client. And, and Katie, just to just to just to check, because the phase you're in at the moment, did you did you tell me before that you? So you're on a training contract, aren't you? Yes. So D two do offer a training contract. Um, yeah. And that when I was applying for D two, I noticed in the in the job role opening that it would potentially lead to a training contract. Ah, okay. Yeah, because um, this, this, this is one thing, Katie, I'm always, we, we've always been saying over the last few months on the podcast, actually, is, you know, for people really to explore different types of organisations, because, you know, of course, training contracts exist in firms and increasingly in-house a little bit as well. But you're in a more new legal um, technology consulting type of business. And so so listeners, just, just a note here that, you know, look there for potential roles which can lead onto that pathway too, I guess, Katie. Absolutely. Um, you just never know what what could happen um yes you never know if like you're if you're hard working you might be next even though people may have been there for a little bit longer you just never know very good no fantastic and um well good luck with that good luck with the good luck with the training contract um katie and, and the future projects and a nice vision there as you say of almost building up that, those client relationships and, and leading and, and managing some of those projects too um, and katie we, we often just end um and I know you're you're still you know developing your developing your towards your training contract and through after there. But we often just say to guide our listeners, you know, if we were giving advice to our younger selves, what might we say to ourselves? You know, back whether it's ending school or whether it's going through college or whatever. What what types of things from the experiences you've had do you think you you might almost either emphasize to yourself that you know carry on doing that or or really think about that? What what might you say? Do you think? 
I think the main piece of advice that I would give myself and the listeners is to just really not compare yourself to those with a contract um, because the path that you're meant to be on, it will, it will guide you to where you're supposed to be. Um, I was absolutely dying for a training contract yeah. with the applications and it came in a different way. And I think yes. that you need to appreciate that that's the path that you're meant to be on. Um, so yeah, definitely don't compare yourself to others with those training contracts. Just compare yourself to the day before and do as much as possible to increase your learning, increase your CV, make yourself as attractive as possible. Fantastic. Very good. There you go. There you go, everyone. So, and you emphasized that a few minutes ago. So increase your learning, be open for looking at these new pathways and then, yeah, just be, so I, I take from that almost stay in the present a little bit as well. And almost, you know, the opportunity that's in front of you, I'm lucky enough to be, have this opportunity. Where can that take me yeah. as well? And don't wish your life away either. Don't wish like, oh, I wish I was there. I wish I was doing that. Like, <laughs> doing today is so important. And, you know, back three years ago, if you are at the end of your degree, you were wishing that you could get into law school and you've done it, you've achieved it. So, you know, don't keep wishing further and further like just appreciate that you've done your law school you've you've achieved it you've completed it and now it's on to the next yeah that's a great point actually log your achievements mentally log your achievements as well you know that you you know just don't don't always be critical for yourself actually recognize what you've done as well but um Katie, that's been fantastic thank you so much thank you so much for your time um listeners we hope that's been an insight into a slightly different career path a very international career path one that's as you say, Katie, where you've been developing it in in a way or certainly into an organization where you might not have expected it, um, you know, six, 12, 18 months ago. Um, uh, but um, but no, that's been a wonderful insight. So so listeners, we'll, we'll put up the show notes and, and do a summary of some learning resources for you as well. But we hope that's given you an insight into a pathway where you can have a broader business focus. And as you said, Katie, develop, you know, stay in an international world, but also one that's thinking about the future with the technology. So thank you. Katie, so much indeed. It's been a pleasure. Great. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. 